It's week 15, 2021, and Clubhouse now has payments. Volve may or may not be a body part, and Burberry is keeping it fresh with outfits for video games. Let's get to it. Welcome to Clickbait and Switch, a marketing podcast that tries to cut through the bullshit and hook you up with what you need to know, what you don't, and what stories should be getting more love than they're getting. I'm Mark Delinsky, and who are you? I am Shizella Slizer. Boom, here we go. Let's get started. Now Clubhouse has payments. So Clubhouse will now allow users to send money to their favorite creators or speakers on the platform. Why is this important for monetization? Gisella. For creators, monetization, I would say right now, this is the first of many features that Clubhouse is promising to allow creators to get paid directly on the platform. So it's a little bit like a virtual tip jar or a pay what you can type of box office scenario. So users can send the payment in Clubhouse by going to the profile of the creator to whom they want to give the money. And then if the creator has the feature enabled, the user will be able to do a simple tap on buttons that say send money, very apt, and enter the amount that they want to donate to the creator. So 100% of the payment will go to the creator at the moment. The person sending the money will be charged a little bit. It's a processing fee, basically. So Stripe is the processor teamed up with Clubhouse to make this happen. Clubhouse does not take a cut at the moment. That's why I think all this is really important for monetization broadly. Not only is the creator going to get all of its funds, Apple's not getting any cut of anything. And it, it's just a fascinating structure that they're building by, by finding a loophole in the system. That's right. This What you're mentioning about Apple is particularly interesting because Clubhouse is only available on Apple and the App Store policy that has created a lot of... Um, Kerfuffle. Yes. Um, there's a lot of disputes recently between Facebook and Apple and Apple and other developers because Apple does take a 15 to 30% cut of all in-app transactions. But in the case of this Clubhouse feature, there's a bit of a loophole where um, the Apple's guidelines for the store say something like apps may enable individual users to give a monetary gift to another individual without using in-app purchase. So that's the loopholes that Clubhouse has found for this particular feature. The next payment features may be applicable for cuts by Apple. We don't know. Apple hasn't commented yet. They also haven't updated their terms and conditions. <laughs> yes, that's right. Not yet. But it's super interesting because Clubhouse, with their first monetization feature that they're putting out into the world, they're really becoming the allies of the creators, not the brands. So they're not offering advertisement. They're really taking a side in a way. They're taking a stance of the type of platform that they plan on being. Which is absolutely fascinating and completely different than, say, Facebook and Instagram and, and some of the other giants that we've seen of recent years. So here's some other things that caught our eyes this week, other clicks you might be interested in. So Bloomberg Iris has joined the ranks of first-party media solutions. So the Iris will group signed-in users' information into behavioral, contextual, personal, and research buckets drawing from across these different sources to build those segments so that you can direct or advertise to with your programmatic or whatever it is trying to do. So that's kind of interesting, getting away from cookies. Yeah, it's um, another another channel for advertising. More interesting, Snap has bought Screenshop, which is kind of like a Shazam, but for screenshots of clothing. Last month, don't forget, Snap also acquired Fit Analytics, which is a startup developing a way to to identify clothing 
in photos. So they're really gearing up their game for e-com in the fashion industry. Pinterest has also launched creator code and a new comment moderation tool to keep content positive, safe, and inspiring on their site, as well as announcing a $500,000 creator fund. So trying to keep it light and positive on Pinterest, way to go. <laughs> and TikTok is launching like a new thing every minute. Hard to keep up these days. Automatic captions are coming to videos. That's a great win for accessibility. There's a video editor now that lets brands create native video ads within their browser. So within the computer, it doesn't have to be on the phone. That's big news. Probably a lot of creator brands are thinking, ah, and there's also new tools coming to TikTok. They released the first of many immersive music creative effects, which is like, a, it's a music visualizer that runs real-time beat tracking retro green screen landscape that will move right to the beat of the song. Which is pretty sweet. Facebook is also confirming a test of a Venmo or PayPal-like QR code that's going to allow person-to-person -person payments in the United States. So that's great for contactless transactions and uh, just general lifestyle in which we live these days. <laughs> and eBay is headed on a nationwide authentication tour in the United States, a little bit like the Antique Roadshow without the filming element. So if you have stuff that you need valued, check it out. Look it up on Google. Giselle, you're going to get your Tom Brady rookie card appraised. Ooh, what? And you're going to go down, try and sell it off. My Maradona card, you mean. Yes, yeah, sorry, your Maradona <laughs> card. All right, let's move into the bait of the week, and that is Volve. So this is a new app, V-O-L-V, -V, Volve. It was founded in March 2020 as an antidote to traditional news apps, and it builds itself as a TikTok for news. You can also think of it as a Twitter card that's been put into a vertical swiping TikTok format. So it creates news stories averaging at around 70 words, which users can read pretty quickly. They say you can read their headlines in less than nine seconds. So the stories are listed in-app in a swipe format that's easy on the eye. The founders got advice from Mark Cuban and preceding funding through Snap's Accelerator Yellow. However, this is going to be a, a flop, I feel. Yeah, it's a pretty big bullshit scenario in my opinion. The app claims that it's AI eliminate biased views so I'm quoting here, you can decide what to think. But come on, news are inherently biased. So how can they claim unbiased news? That's impossible. By virtue of choosing the headlines, you're already applying your opinion, your bias to it. Plus, when you open the app to start picking um, your news, the type of news categories that you want to follow, you have some options like important updates, good news, interesting digs, like who decides what's important and interesting and good versus bad. That's biased. And also their news sources are pretty mainstream. Like it's just Bloomberg, TechCrunch, CNN. I don't know. It feels very, very, very biased to me, Mark. Yeah. I mean, that's a giant little horseshit that you can decide what to think and it's not biased. News is created with bias. It's consumed with bias and they're filtering with the bias. So it's absolutely insane that you can decide what to think because you've already had a curated feed given to you of what's important and interesting and good news. Maybe good news for you might be fucking terrible news. Who knows? That's your own bias. I mean, the interface is really nice. Like it flips vertically like TikTok. So that's kind of addictive. You know, the headline looks nice. There's a big, nice picture. Fantastic. It's a very sexy Twitter card. You scroll upwards. That's it. I give them one point because of a recent stat that I read that says that between January and December last year, almost 65% of searches on Google ended the search results without clicking to another web property. And that number is likely 
undercounting some of the mobile searches and nearly all the voice searches. So what we're seeing here is that users do not go beyond the headlines. <laughs> so in that regard, Valve caught on to a trend. But they're already doing that on Twitter. So why would you switch to something else where you're going to ignore everything and have biased news given to you anyways? Yeah, and on Twitter, I can decide who to follow straight up. Burberry, the switch of the week. So they're always the first in marketing. They were one of the first to do shop the runways on YouTube in the early 2010s. So now they continue to blur the lines between social media, video games, and retail. Burberry and Tencent announced in November 2019 an exclusive partnership to develop social retail in China, and they didn't waste any time. Yes, very small, small parenthesis here. If you want more details, I encourage you to research further. But for the purposes of this particular discussion, what we should know is that they are the owners of WeChat, among other things, many, many things, many famous things. But if you don't know what WeChat is, again, quick parenthesis, it's a Chinese multipurpose messaging, social media, and mobile payment app used by roughly two-thirds of the Chinese population. And it's also used outside of China itself by a huge, huge amount of people. Within China, is even huger. <laughs> it's even bigger because services like Facebook are banned, of course. So WeChat is really kind of the standard for business and communications, business customer service, and so on. So now Barry and Tencent hooked up. And at the end of March, so a couple of weeks ago, we saw the second proverbial child of this partnership in the shape of skins for video games, specifically Barbary designed outfits for one of China's biggest video game called Honor of Kings. But yeah, they designed skins for it so you can adorn your in-game characters. I just like the fact that I just want to take a moment. So you you did a double parentheses. You parentheses inside of parentheses. So you incepted the parentheses, and now you're we're back on the main main track of time, right? Yes. Sorry, I'm confusing people, right? So this was a couple of weeks ago that the skins were released in the video game. So this was a partnership between Tencent and Barbary. No WeChat involved in this one. WeChat is important because Barbary last year, the reason why we particularly want to talk about it today is that they open a store in China. In Shenzhen. Yes. The store is really cool. So it's a it's a real life social retail space. And the concept of social retail revolves around a simple idea that you're rewarding people for what they already do the sharing of products and the experiences they loved. And so they offered this very integrated experience that's brought to life even further through your phone. Inside this space, there's a special program accessible via WeChat, which you mentioned before. So it's bringing this sort of life through exclusive content, personalized experience, and it's sort of regardless of whether the shoppers are visiting physically or virtually, which is fascinating. Inside, you know, customers can access store tours, learn about products. There are services like in-store appointment bookings. You can uh, reserve tables at Thomas's Cafe, their, their in-store cafe there. And the more you engage with Burberry, the more you get out of that experience, you get rewards. There's this social currency and you're unlocking exclusive content and other experiences. So you're really sort of gamifying the physical shopping experience, which is really cool. There's a little playful animal character that sort of evolves as you engage more with it. And that's kind of fun. It's basically like a Tamagotchi for shopping. Yes, which is and neat. you can dress it up with skins, right? Exactly. So then there are skins and you can dress it. And there's lots of other cool stuff. Yeah, the interactive window, I would love to see in person because I'm a personal fan of installations and performance art. So this window will evolve with the different collections from season to season, but it responds to your physical body. So it's like a living sculpture that reflects 
detects the viewer's shape and responds to body movement. So kind of a cool and Instagrammable or TikTokable experience. I can already visualize choreographies <laughs> in front of this window. There's also QR codes and a personal favorite. I'm a big fan of QR codes since the beginning of time. And in this instance, all products are labeled with QR codes. So you can connect with further information to enhance your product experience, whether that's product stories, product knowledge, even connected products. And the more you scan, of course, the more it contributes towards building your social currency. So more points, perhaps a special food item from the cafe. So it's a really kind of seamlessly integration of the space virtual and brick and mortar. And then to take it completely digital, this year, in the past couple of weeks, Burberry has this virtual replica of their Tokyo flagship store. And this is where customers are able to explore an entire three-floor digital store using icons on screens to navigate. You can purchase items from the spring-summer collection. And as you go, there's different styling tips that were created with local influencers through a partnership with L Japan. And it's a fascinating way to just keep retail alive and top of mind during the pandemic. You're getting people inside a physical store and giving them those memory structures and, and the desire to visit it physically while they may or may not be able to. It's absolutely yeah, fascinating. It's, it's kind of a brilliant solution to surviving through, you know, huge store locations that are occupying perhaps three floors in very prime retail space in cities. But of course, we're in the middle of the pandemic. So how do you keep that alive? This hybrid experience, I think, does that very well and solves for it and really turns it into a flexible model that they can change and update. They could test perhaps different spaces virtually before they construct them live. Or even if in five years they decide to close the store, well, they have the virtual one still there. It's um, brilliant. Yeah, loved it. So we'll put the link. We have, I think, the link to the store. It's only available until this weekend, April 18th. So if you want to check it out, it's now or never for now. And that and I think wraps it, it up. Do you want to give shout outs to people who've been giving us comments? Yes, we got tons of super interesting comments. So thank you to Julian in Montreal, to Fernando in Stockholm. Thank you to Breno and Caroline also in Montreal and to everyone else out there listening. Don't forget to share, subscribe, give us a rating. Ratings are very helpful. And thanks to Claudio for providing support for our podcast. See you next week. Wait, we need to do a special Wait, special. Oh, press. <laughs> a special thank you to Xavier. Oh my God, who... the producer extraordinaire who's going back to France. Yes, we're going to miss you so much. Thank you for everything everything you've helped us with this is all thanks to you clickbait and switch so all the best what a boss thanks buddy bye